Welcome to Supercharge, the Change and Comms podcast. In this episode, we're covering a really important topic, change with mental health in mind. And we're delighted to have Maria Cullen with us this week. Maria is a hugely experienced Change and Comms manager. And Maria is also a founding member and co-chair of Nationwide Building Society's Mind Matters Employee Network. Hi, Maria. Can you kick us off by telling us a bit more about this and what you're here to talk about today? Oh, hi, good morning. Thank you for uh, asking me to come along. So um, I'm uh, so as um, as a change practitioner um, and I'm also a um, volunteer at the Southwest chapter of the Change Management Institute uh, and as a um, champion for mental health and well-being, um, I'm beginning to see how much these two things can come together. And actually, when we're delivering change, um, how, how we could start to think about actually an element of well-being and make sure that the change we're delivering um, is being delivered in a safe way in relation to um, what emotional well-being and mental health. Great. Thank you, Maria. It's really good to meet you. And I'm, I'm really interested to hear what you've got to say today. And we'll, so we'd, we've got some questions for you, as usual. Um, we'll just run through those, get your thoughts and get into a discussion. So what overall, what are your thoughts at the moment about what's happening with change in the world and in the workplace? Yeah, well, uh, so I think it's going to come as a, as a surprise to nobody that um, we're becoming more and more impacted by events outside of our control. Um, so we're living in, you know, we hear about the VUCA, we're living in a VUCA world, um, one of full of volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity. Um, you know, we're less able to predict events and, and therefore we're less able to fully predict the impacts of change, I think. Um, we, we've, we've even got a new word for it. Um, the Collins Dictionary word of the year for 2022 is permacrisis, which I think perfectly describes um, what we're going through at the moment, this kind of constant uncertainty and turmoil. Um, I think the good news, you know, for us as a species is that we're really good at change. We're, we're built to adapt, we evolve, we can evolve and thrive and survive, but it's not always easy. And this constant change can start to take its toll on your well-being. And I think, you know, if you just look at the last three years, we've had pandemic, war, environmental disasters, political chaos, economic turmoil, inflation, strike action, energy crisis, social disruption. All of these things are impacting upon our lives inside and outside work. And if you add to that business as usual changes, organisational changes, new processes, new systems, changes outside of work and in our lives, inside work, outside work, you know, you kind of start to see how it's becoming harder to predict how people are going to respond to change. So the so change is constant. Um, and it's really important to be aware of people's capacity for change and to be conscious of mental health and well-being, you know, because we don't want to do any harm when we're delivering change. So, yeah, I think, you know, this undeniable reality is that we're living through unsettling times. And these times can be can cause people worry. And the more things we, you know, we have more things to worry about than usual. And that's before you ask me to change my ways of working or my ways of thinking. Um, and that's why I've started to explore ways of incorporating an element of impact assessment for well-being into our change deliveries. So we can start to support people through change without detriment to their well-being. I think that's a good point, because we do when we look at impact assessments across the organization, you, you tend to take in people's capacity for change in an organizational or day to day work sense rather than um, uh, what else is going on in the world and how 
how might that affect them? It, that, it kind of reminds me when you uh, look at marketing at the PESL formula with the uh, like political, economic, social, all those other elements of what's going on in people's lives. Where you say you've started to incorporate that, how how is that working? What are you finding that's changing in terms of practicing change? I think I think so. We're we're at the beginning of this journey. Um, I, I think we always so. I mean, we always consider um, the people element of change, um, and we have really good, um, well-established frameworks and approaches to how we manage people through change. But I think there's just this extra nuance and this additional element that we need to start thinking about. Um, and so I think as change practitioners, we, you know, we impact assess, we build change journeys and we gather as much information as we can on the impact of change because we want to predict what's going to happen. We want to build the right interventions and we want to support and guide people through that change. You know, we want to we want to create as much certainty as we can around what's changing so we can help people understanding what they need to do and when so they can adapt. It's our job to reduce resistance to change. And we know that that resistance to change can cause stress and anxiety. Um, but I think you add this additional layer of everything else that's going on um, with people under so much pressure. You know, I'm starting to sense that we've got, we've almost got like an imperative to consider and incorporate mental health and emotional well-being into impact assessment because resisting change causes stress and anxiety. And we have an impact and, and it can have an impact upon our physical and our mental well-being. So I think that's the kind of it in a nutshell. We're, we've got this level of uncertainty going on around us um, and you put me through a change programme or ask me to do something different and you're adding to an already full stress bucket. You've almost got like a perfect storm. Bottom line, I think we, we know change causes an emotional reaction and no matter how small that reaction is, we're adding to stresses that are all, all the other things going on in our lives. So how do you start to assess the change that's external before the change that's internal? Then? So you talk about change impact assessment. How do we how do we start to look at adding that to our, you know, was it there's 10 items on the pro side change assessment? Isn't there? How do you add that? How do you make the 11th? What, what is that assessment looking at? I think that um, so I think so looking at the external what the external stresses might be um, is a whole other whole other game. I think and I think we have to kind of almost focus on the things that we can control so all the things that are going on outside work all the environmental things all the economic things all the, you know the social pressures we can't control those but what we can control is the experience inside work so we've been looking at a tool where we're looking at ways of working around people's core needs so the process is interesting so it, it there is a there is a one of the 10 is mindset is mindset I think if I'm right. Um, but mindset, I think if you kind of think of that in a in a if you approach that, if you approach that in a in an open way, you kind of think of that as just it's one dimensional. But actually you could dig a little deeper into that. So um we've been looking at a tool by Hilary Scarlett, um, who called Spaces. So Hilary is an international speaker, consultant, and author on change management and neuroscience. Um, and the spaces tool um, is very similar to Dr. David Rock's scarf model, if anyone's ever come across that. Um, and these two models are centered around core needs, people's core needs. So when we are um, experiencing change, our natural fight or flight response is triggered. And, the, and these two models kind of focus on things we can do to reduce the threat, um, to reduce the threat state 
because as we know, when we're when we're in the right place, when we kind of they call it a reward state, we have this most phenomenal adaptive process, um, and people can do amazing things. So the spaces tool, um, so spaces stands for self-esteem, purpose, autonomy, certainty, equity, and social. Um, these are all things that are identified as the things we need um, to move us away from threat towards reward. Chris, you, I just looking, you, you had the ProSci model out in front of you. Did you find what you were looking for? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was just checking through on the, 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 the change impacts. It's quite interesting, isn't it? <laughs> we categorize so many things. Mindset? Yeah. Is that mindset one? Yeah. Mindset, yeah. It's mind, just, just check this mindset, attitudes and beliefs on there. And that's the closest it comes, which is quite a surprise really, yeah. when you think about, uh, you know, uh, well-being, mental health at work being so prominent in the minds that's as close as it gets why um as an executive or project manager why why do i need to consider mental health and well-being well i, th- I think um so mental health is something we- we're increasingly aware of and concerned about about um and, and when you look at the stats around mental health i think you start to get a feel for why it's an important factor um in our change approaches so Mental Health First England states that one in four people experience mental health issues every year. So that's one in four. And that's only the people who acknowledge an issue and seek support for help. And mental health is a spectrum. We can experience anything you know, from a low mood, depression, anxiety, stress, through to more complex mental health conditions. And so not everybody seeks help. So I think you know, that number could be higher. Um, and if you think about that, one in four and and even if you don't have a mental health problem it's very likely that you know somebody who is who does and that could be um a family member a friend a colleague um and and almost certainly for the changes we're delivering with one in four you know you have somebody in your in your effect impacted audience that is um experiencing a mental health issue um so and then and at any given time um, I think one in six working adults have symptoms associated with mental ill health. Now, these can range from mild to extreme. And again, even if you're in good mental health, it's very likely you know someone who's experiencing symptoms. And the other interesting thing that's happening to me at the moment, of course, is that um, this financial um, is the financial crisis, right? The energy crisis, the cost of living crisis. Um, 90, it said that 90% of people living in the UK are impacted by the current financial crisis. Um, and we all know that worrying about money is going to trigger stress and anxiety. And, and we also know that change triggers our natural threat response, that fight or flight. And, and so you can see this whole chain reaction of um, stress and anxiety, additional stresses outside of work. And so anything we're working on inside work, anything we're changing inside work is going to add to that load. We think about change as a series of programs or projects or events that need to happen we create those change journeys those are very pre-considered um change interventions aren't they or planning or projects or investments those things happen and but of course there's there's a whole series of change still to come isn't there that we kind of don't think about you've got a number of people who have perhaps never come to work they started their career working from home in a pandemic a young adult never come to an office and there's a whole series of issues around you know, their integration into a workplace you think that as a younger a younger adult you come to work and you know it, it, it takes you time to learn how to react and respond to the challenges that working in a workplace can bring you 
if you're one of those people that now for the first time are going to be perhaps now having to, to, to face into uh, you know perhaps it's a big technology company says right now we're going to start integrating everyone back into office that you've never been in before there's a significant amount of change that that young adult's going to go through before they come in and that will be significantly around anxiety um through, through not knowing where to go what to do and, and then you know faced with challenges that they've never faced before so they may not know or have that anxiety yet but they're going to be faced with a challenging situation in an office where you know there's a perhaps an intense discussion or someone challenges something that they've they've done or delivered they're not going to have to cope with that are they and there's a whole load of uh emotions that's going to be going around there that you know perhaps change management can do something about in advance so quite the opposite to you know, pre-prepared and pre-planned change but actually almost forward thinking to what changes need to happen now for the next six to 12 months to prevent incidents or issues occurring does that make sense it does i think there are two things there are two things there's almost like two things if you do nothing else do two things create as much certainty as you can because that reduces fear and threat and the social connections that's in that spaces model i think that's the two most important um anything you can do to provide certainty so for that young person provide certainty um about um, the things that are expected, you know, the, what, what's expected of you going into the workplace if you're if you're new to work, and provide that social connection because those are two core needs. So if you can provide certainty, you reduce fear, um, and if you provide social connection, you're providing, um, you're kind of make you're helping people um, collaborate, talk to other people, make connections, build networks. I think post pandemic, that's the hardest challenge in the hybrid workplace is how you maintain social connection because we know we're, we're social animals we social connection is good for us it's good for our sense of well-being um, and then I guess the other one is purpose if you can link to um, if you can link to people's purpose that also is a is a positive marker towards your, your mental well-being and your um, overall state so what else do you think we can do as change and communicators and people going through transformation to to do about mental health or make sure we're having as minimal an impact on on that side of change as possible um i, I think you just you have you keep it in mind i mean we're, we're almost talking about delivering change with mental with mental health in mind right um i think that's that's the bottom line deliver your change with mental health in mind consider ways to um understand this is another another lens for understanding your audience and and just difficulty with mental health um which is very similar to financial health actually is that a lot of people hide so people don't you know people are not always comfortable talking about their mental health and well-being um part of the minds matter network is actually the biggest part is about educating and normalizing the conversation so people feel safe in and empowered in speaking up and and seeking help when they need it and that's going to be your biggest challenge is that actually you can't you can't see you can't actually see because people um actually the person themselves may not even see it so you just have to, you have to have it in mind you have to have it in mind i recommend looking at the spaces tool um it's just a good lens it gives you a good framework and good context for why you might want to think about these elements building them into your plan i think they loosely fall within the mindset section of prosci 10 um, but it's much more nuanced and much much deeper kind of impact assessment. Just on the spaces tool, just as a reminder for people listening, um, can we just where where is it that people can read more? Or... 
Can we put a link in? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can put a link in. It's Hilary Scarlett. Um, so she, the, the, I think the Spaces tour is actually in a book. So, uh, you can actually, um, Hilary, you can find Hilary on YouTube, um, on LinkedIn. Yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, it's a very good reference point to start with. It's not something I've come across before. So have you got some examples of how you've, have you been using it in the workplace or seen how that, how it's had an impact? Yeah, well, we're just starting to promote it internally to change practitioners. And, uh, you know, so I think, uh, so if I, if I go through each one, so, so self-esteem, for example, I think when you're planning change, you could be thinking about um, what we can do, what you can do to create and support that kind of positive mindset and self-esteem. How is your change? How might your change affect someone's per- self, sense of self-esteem? Um, particularly important during organizational changes, changes in job, um, changes in role, etc. Um, and actually even changes in a process or a system, because if you're confident using something and you have a high level of certainty, you've been using that, you know, you've been following that work process for years, you know, change it, you're going to make me feel less, cap- I might feel less capable, right? So you're affecting my self-esteem. Um, purpose. So the P is for purpose. Um, and that's all about, you know, we all want to feel good that the work we do has purpose. Um, and that, you know, helps us maintain positive mental health. Um, so when we're planning change, I think you kind of look for the things that create a, sense, a positive sense of purpose. So um, we talk about when we're building change um, narratives, you, you always think about the why, but, you know, you can link that why to purpose. What's the what's the purpose in this change and why and, and helping people understand the link and, the, and autonomy. So the A is for autonomy. And this is an important one. Um, and this is helping people feel some sort of sense of control when they're going through change, because that's going to reduce your threat. Um, and it will increase the reward state. And we've all perhaps experienced having change done to you. It's not a good feeling, right? It does impact you. Um, so anything you can do when you're planning change to look for ways to give people some control or a sense of control or input or influence is really good. Um, the C is for certainty. So the we know the brain likes certainty. It reduces the fear of the unknown. If we don't have it, we're distracted and we waste a huge amount of energy speculating and worrying so anything you can do to increase certainty is going to pay dividends. And that equity is a really important one. You know, we need to feel we're being, being treated fairly. Um, and we think about all, I think we broadly think about all these things when you're when you're designing change journeys. It just gives you a framework to be more planned and purposeful about it. And maybe that's the key here when we're, as change practitioners, we need to be more planned and purposeful. We dropped the last S though. Oh, the S, the social connection. So, um, yeah, that kind of, you never underestimate the power of social connection. Um, you know, when we're planning change, I think we've always known that social connection is a really important tool in our toolbox. But more than ever, I think when you put it in this context, you understand that actual social connection is going to um, support positive mental health and reduce that kind of state of fear. So, you know, and there may be many times when we're delivering change that we can't provide certainty or equity, for example, but you can always have some control over the quality of your connection and the quality of the relationships that you build. Chris is going to say something, I think. <laughs> I you know, I've, I've just been kind of, as, you, as you've been talking, I've just been doing a bit of Googling at the same time. It's, you know, you, when you read these things, you go, yeah, yeah, that's so obvious. But I guess half the time as well, even from being in, on our side of that change fence, we don't always get the time to think, do we? You know, sometimes we're reacting to things as they happen so quickly that mm. we need to, you know, be more mindful ourselves that 
there's a change that the change people are going through and that those things are applicable to us as well so that we don't end up in a space of feeling overwhelmed or overrun um and that's what, that's what i was kind of just reading up which is a complete flip to me to think about thinking the other side of change actually the people who are on the side of the change are also dealing with you know, ambiguity uncertainty uh stresses um and then we come out the the you know this, is, this doesn't exist so much anymore. You come out of the big program office and walk back up to the floor with a big smile on your face to provide the certainty and remove the ambiguity and build those social connections. And it's like thinking, hold on, it applies to us as well, doesn't it? <laughs> when change gets when change gets heated, and and we've all been there on change programs. When you look, when I look back now, I recognise with my mental health hat on that that everybody in that room, for example, if it was a really heated conversation was experiencing a threat response yeah had yeah. fear right so um and and this is the other great thing about the you know we do talk a lot more about mental health and well-being now and that's really healthy because as you normalize the conversation you reduce the fear around talking about it and you increase this kind of emotional iq people understand more and can be more mindful of mental health as you know as important as our physical health we wouldn't go through a change program and ask people to you know carry out something you know carry out a task that was going to impact upon their physical health we would we would have some sort of preparation for that right but we don't do the same for mental health and that's the key i think and and just having just even if you do one or two things just incorporate it into your change impact assessment or just have mental health in mind when you're delivering change that's been really interesting maria i, I don't know did you want to summarize as well so yeah in summary then i would say stress and anxiety i, I believe is at the core of almost all you know, at, at the core of, of, men, of a lot of mental health. Um, we, we will express, experience stress and anxiety when our natural threat response is triggered. We go into that kind of fight or flight mode and every change we experience, small or big, experience, you know, activates that threat response. Now, sometimes we go into positive, sometimes it's good, you know, we have a positive response, but it's all about, it's all about un understanding and appreciating that change does have an impact on people that's deeper than what we you know that we might have thought before um and as a species you know as a as a as a, as a society we're becoming more aware of mental health um, as, it, as as important as physical health and when we plan and make change you know we think about physical risk we might think about physical risk assessment well let's start thinking about mental health and well-being risk assessments yeah i think that's it that these are these positive steps we can take to reduce that threat state is a good place to start i will stick some of those links that you've talked about into um, into our social channels and, and and make them available for people to read as well because i think as as we've been talking i've been googling and, and reading up because it's just so it's just such a big field isn't there there's so much you can think about and learn so we'll put those out there for others to see too thank you very much we usually ask a fairly glib question about biscuits or food or something, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel appropriate after quite a serious topic. Hey, social connections, right? This is this is the that's where my mind was going. Yeah, what's the best biscuit to build a social yeah, yeah. connection with someone? A variety tin. Um, <laughs> a variety, that's a good art. Oh, yeah, oh, that's Christmas scene as well. The, those foxes tins should be on there. I, I, I'll take it a little bit further. Is that like a variety tin of like those Danish cookies, or are you looking at one of those <laughs> like chef's larder type ones? You want the one with maximum chocolate. <laughs> Something for everyone, yeah. Maximum chocolate. Maximum chocolate. Cool. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you Marie. very much. So yeah, it's been great. I mean, that's it's a great. It's a, such an interesting area to talk about, and um, yeah, I would love to continue the conversation anytime. It's great. <laughs>